Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Joshua Zaprazan, the owner and president of Odax Ventures, and welcome to the Manitoba edition of Canada's podcast, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen here in the prairies. Today's guest is Grant White. Grant is the owner and portfolio manager of Endeavor Wealth Management, where he and his team focus on creating smart money for their clients. Grant has been recognized as a top performing financial planner by many organizations, including on an international level, and was voted the top advisor in Canada under the age of 40. Grant is a proud member of the community, dedicating many hours of his time to local charitable organizations, including the United Way, and has been a mentor for a number of local entrepreneurs as well. Grant, great to have you today. Welcome to Canada's podcast. Thanks so much for taking the time to uh, share some insights with our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. My pleasure. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Let's start by, tell us a little bit more about yourself. How did you get into the wealth management industry? Did you always know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur and and that this was what you wanted to do? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. I mean, uh, I don't, I wouldn't say this, I knew this was always what I wanted to do, um, but I did grow up in it. Um, So my my dad was a financial planner uh, for for many years, like 35 years approximately, and he's been retired for about five years now. But I kind of grew up in in the the industry a little bit, and and uh, and so you know certainly that had an influence on me and what I want to do in my life. Um, but you know, I got I got into it because of, I got introduced to it because of that. I didn't get into it because of that. Let's put it that way. I mean really what I was, I got really excited about working with people and wanting to help people to, to ultimately live better lives and do things better. And that's why I got into it because I saw the impact I could have as a business owner, as a professional in, um, in, in working with people on this, on this level, helping them to maximize out their lifestyles and things like that. And so, so that's ultimately why I got into it, but I, I started, uh, geez, about 15 or 16 years ago in the industry as a whole. Um, and, you know, we started Endeavor Wealth Management uh, about uh, two and a half years ago, almost three years ago, back in 2019. And so we've just taken a bit of a different course uh, since then, but uh, but it's been an exciting ride to say the least. That's awesome. So tell me more about Endeavor and uh, the business of Endeavor and kind of day-to-day what Endeavor is. Yeah. So so at Endeavor Wealth, like we, we focus on working with, uh, I mean, primarily like you know, we work with a lot of business owners and professionals and, and people like that. But really, we uh, were a boutique uh, wealth management offering, uh, wealth management company that uh, focuses on working with, uh, you know, people on a broad range of, of financial needs. Uh, I would say that anybody who's looking to have like a, a fully coordinated financial uh, financial plan, if you will, or wealth management plan, that's exactly the type of people that we work with. Often, you know, it's people with more complicated financial situations that we simplify those for them. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we really believe in a specialized approach to advice. And so I say one of the things that makes us unique is we've developed uh, a complete ecosystem of, of advice offering around uh, an individual's, our customers, our clients' financial needs. And, um, and, and that's, I think, what really makes us unique in terms of execution and, um, and coordination. Love it. Why Endeavor? Is there a meaning behind choosing that name? When you-, <laughs> you know, it's funny because like you go through, I mean, I did anyway, I, I would really recommend taking time to choose your name uh, before uh, before you just settle on it. Like, don't just pick the first name that comes to mind when you're like, you're creating your business because um, it, it means it can mean so a lot. It doesn't have to. I mean, if you don't care about names, like, I guess that's fine. I, I've always just believed if you're going to do something, you might as well do something that's impactful and meaningful. 
And so why Endeavor? Well, um, I went through a broad iteration of names before settling or choosing Endeavor, I should say. Um, I've always been a bit of a space, space nerd, space fan. And so, you know, it just happened to be watching. I'll have to give my wife credit, Sam credit a little bit as well, because, you know, I was, I was watching this documentary on the space shuttles and, uh, you know, she, she basically said, well, what about Endeavor? And I'm like, you know, after the space shuttle Endeavor and I'm like, oh, that's really neat. So I started doing research on the space shuttle Endeavor and, and why the name is the name was the name. And, and, and of course it takes you back to like, you know, uh, Captain Cook's like sailing ship, the, the Endeavor, the HMS Endeavor and so on and so on and so on. And so you, you ultimately just have this broad history of this name, this grand history, but really what it means to me is that, you know, uh, the, the, for every Endeavor vessel ship there was, I mean, in my mind, they were, they were in search of a better way of life for people, and uh, they were there to um, enhance uh, the human uh, human experience, the human life. And and so I look at what we're doing here is the exact same way. So it, it's it's a hidden meaning. It means to you know kind of adventure and do do more to be more, uh, mm-hmm. but at the same time it's there to uh, do that for all people. So uh, so that's that's kind of the broad uh, the broad history of the name Endeavor, but that's why we chose it in the first place. Love it. No, I'm glad. I, I think it's cool how there's businesses and names can have that hidden meaning behind it. And it's important, I think, especially for entrepreneurs to do that and to take their time. So yeah, that that's well, awesome to hear. It can be inspiring, right? I mean, you can, in one word, you can have a name that actually means something and says a lot about your company or or your business as a whole. And so uh, anyway, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I think, I think you should take the time to pick a name that actually means something. Love it. What's something about your industry that our listeners may not know? Is there a life or business lesson that you've learned from your work within this industry and space that you think can be applied elsewhere that you'd like to share? Yeah, I mean, I think this industry, so I'm in a very traditional industry in wealth management. It's dominated uh, large, largely by the big five banks in, in the Canadian industry. Um, and so I think what's really interesting about that is the transition of, that this industry has gone on. And um, you know, in large part, you, know, you think about like traditional like brokerage, for example, um, our industry was created as a selling arm for manufacturing of products or, or um, you know, even like, you know, stock brokerage, like, you know, so bringing companies to market and then selling those stocks to people uh, that could be investors. And there's a huge amount of money that, you know, uh, you know, manufacturing and, and brokerage firms made off of that type of business. But that's changed a lot. I mean, in the last couple of decades in particular, the idea of advice became a thing <laughs> and it's not completely there, but, um, but the idea of advice and actually adding way more value to people versus just selling them products mm-hmm. that became a thing. And so, so, and, you know, like many industries, it's, there's constant change. I mean, the one constant is change in, in everything. Right. Um, and this industry is no different. And so there's been a lot of change towards, towards more of an advice platform. And uh, it's not there yet, in my opinion, but that's created the opportunity for, uh, for independence and and for businesses like mine, where we can go out and, and make a real difference. And I think that it's actually, there's a really great opportunity for, um, for, for businesses like mine, where we can be essentially a speedboat amongst ocean liner tankers uh, that are the larger companies. And you see this all over the world um, in other industries as well. But uh, it's a real, it's an opportunity that's been created that we're taking advantage of, uh, where we can focus in on client experience, customer experience, and make a difference in people's lives that way and, and still provide the best specialized advice that's available out there to them on all facets of, of their needs. And so um, I think if, if there's something that people didn't know about our industry, it's that, yeah, it's gone through this big iteration. It's changing um, and it needs to change more, in my opinion. Um, 
but you know, you have way more options than just the big banks out there. And then there's a few businesses out there like mine that are looking to make a difference in it. So what is that long-term vision of you for Endeavor and, and what do you think your company is going to look like in the future? Do you see yourself expanding into areas beyond Manitoba or, or across Canada? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think I, I don't get into anything if I, unless I'm going to go big on it, to be honest with you. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I, absolutely. I mean, I, my idea, there is a model for, for financial advice that's out there that already exists. And I think it is the, the perfect model. But if you look at the multifamily office model, and that's that's just a fancy way of, of what we call uh, an, a firm or an office that handles the ultra wealthy uh, people out there. Mm-hmm. That's the model that I think everybody deserves to have. You're getting specialized advice around your taxes, around your money, your cash flow, your investments, your real estate, insurances, all of that stuff, everything built into one, your philanthropy. That's That model is there. But the problem is it's reserved for the people that have tr- like ultra wealth, mm-hmm. you know? And to me, there's nothing inspiring about, you know, t- taking rich people and keeping them rich. I mean, I, I mean, granted, we work with a lot of wealthy clients and, and that's the business model that exists today in my industry. But um, if I'm looking down the road and you want to say like 10, 15, maybe 20 years down the road, um, what I think needs to happen is that we need to, uh, there's a lot of companies out there trying to democratize the investment, like the access to investments. I think we need to democratize advice and good financial advice in particular. And I think if we're successful at doing what we want to do, then that's that's what's going to happen. So it's kind of like the Tesla model of things, you know, if I'm going to like give a reference that people can imagine, like, you know, you start off with a roadster that costs like $500,000 or a quarter million dollars. Then you build like a sedan that's 150. And then slowly you get your way down to like a a sedan that's like a $35,000 vehicle that more people can afford and even cheaper down the road. Right. And I think that's exactly where my industry or where we can take this, if you will. Um, so what I would, the best way I'd describe it is a, a scalable multifamily office that goes national and, and uh, that, uh, you know, has platforms to democratize the world of uh, financial advice. Love it. I mean, entrepreneurs are, are built to made to think big. So I, I think that's awesome and awesome to hear. Why, uh, why Manitoba? Why do you think Manitoba is such a great place to build a business and to start a business in? Well, I mean, first of all, because the people, I mean, uh, I, I love, you know, it's, I don't even think Manitoba is an underdog. I think it's like an underrated place uh, overall, you know, um, and I've heard so many like kind of more well-known local like entrepreneurs here say things like, you know, you don't, you don't settle man- in Manitoba because of like our great natural resources. Like we don't have like oil, like booming oil and things like that. You know, uh, it's not like Calgary. It's not like Alberta in, in that sense. And it's not like a lot of other places. But you do stay here because of the people and there's so many stories out there where people come here for a bit and then they never leave. I mean, yeah, everybody's heard of our winters, um, but you know what? <laughs> One, it's not it's not as bad as, as uh, mostly Winnipeg or say it is. Um, but really, you stick around here because of the people. And I think from an entrepreneurial perspective and building businesses, having a good support group of people around you is critical uh, and to doing that. I mean, nobody... In my mind, nobody's really self-made. I mean, we all owe it back to the community around us to be successful. It's given us the opportunity for that. And, and, and if that's the case, then there is no better place to start a business um, in my mind. There's so many people here that are looking to help each other out, um, to get each other off the ground and, 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 and just provide that guidance when needed. And so, so I'd say in a nutshell, that's why Manitoba. But I think I also like that underrated aspect of it is that we can do big things here. You know, we can do very difficult things here. And we can do it on a global scale. I'm a firm believer in that. And I think Manitoba is super well positioned to do that. 
So if you were to start it all over again, and if, for example, you just moved to here to, to Winnipeg, but this time you don't know anyone, knowing what you now know, what would you do and how would you start? How, what would you do to start all over again as an entrepreneur here? Yeah, I think I think it get back to like, you know, the people are generally the the what makes the difference for a lot of other people out there, especially starting businesses. Um, the first thing I would do is, is start to build a network. Um, and there's a lot of great organizations here. Um, the associates would be a really good one. It's uh, um, it's a group of professionals and business owners that get together on a regular basis. There's the young associates, which is an affiliate group, which uh, I know you're aware of. So, you know, those are two great groups and there's many, many more. Um, there's a great startup community here too, um, with lots of people that are, again, willing to help each other out. So uh, the first thing I would say is, is get out and, and meet people because you never know what comes from that. You know, often you'll find, I've met, met some people in meetup groups, like, you know, uh, that, you know, we just found keen interests uh, or, or similar interests, I should say. And so, uh, and then they become friends out of that. You know, I've been to networking groups and now I'm in, uh, uh, friend groups, you know, where we have WhatsApp, Formula One uh, groups with friends that I've met just through like, you know, a networking event. So it's 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 amazing where things can take you. And then on the business front as well, you never know who you're going to meet, never know what the ideas are going to be shared over, you know, uh, coffee or dinner or a glass of wine sometimes. And, and you never know where that takes you. So connect, connect, connect. That's the, that's the name of the game early on. Cool. Well, I, I know you're a busy entrepreneur. Um, you have your wife, Sam, young family. Happy first birthday to JL, JL by the way, which is awesome. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about your routine as an entrepreneur. What does kind of that first hour look like for you when you get up in the morning? Do you have a specific routine or ritual to get your day started or to get you motivated? Yeah. Well, you mentioned JL. So she turned one yesterday. So my routine has changed a whole lot in the last year. I mean, I'll tell you like, my routine used to be, uh, I I'm an early riser. I love, like, I love the morning. Um, uh, I actually just don't like sleep in general. Like <laughs> but most sleep. entrepreneurs don't. Yeah. Like if I didn't have to sleep, I wouldn't. I mean, I, I'm an early riser and, and I'm also a late sleeper, if you will. Like, I don't like, you know, I like to stay up late. Cause I think I, I seem to get a lot of creative ideas like around 11 o'clock at night for some reason, you know, I constantly have like my notes on my phone. Like I have my phone next to my bed all the time. I, I turn it on like do not disturb because I don't want any notifications, but I need my notes so I can type something in there. But anyway, my routine in the morning. Um, so this is my alarm still goes off at 530. It used to go off at 530 because I get up and I want to go to the gym um, and that I have good intentions of going to the gym every morning still. Um, but often, uh, you know, when I look at my weeks, um, some of the best times I get to spend with JL are in the morning. Um, so she gets up around six. I get up around 5.30 to 6 every once in a while. And, and I get to, you know, wake her up every morning, basically, and spend an hour or an hour and a half with her. Um, and so that's, that's my, my schedule's changed because of that. But that's the best way to start my day. Because, I mean, anybody that ever wants to question, if you ever, if you ever want to test how passionate you are about doing what you're, you're doing, um, go have a kid, go have a baby. And, and the amount of time that they take. And, and in my experience, frankly, it's done nothing but enhance what I want to do. I want it more because, because of her. Um, and, and I want it more because of the world that she's going to live in. And so, you know, I think, I think if you ever want to test your passions out, have a kid, you might find that you're not as passionate as you thought about it, which is fine too, right? But, uh, but in, my, in my mind, and I'll credit my dad this because he told me this was going to happen, that if you're passionate about something, it's going to, it's going to enhance that you're going to want it that much more. And, and that's totally true in my case. So, so I love spending that time with her. It's a good reminder of why I do what I do um, every single day. 
Um, and then, you know, I, uh, I usually around seven 30, I'll uh, start getting ready and I'll head into, into work and head into the office to uh, get things rolling on. I know you enjoy to read, uh, what books are you reading right now uh, or audiobooks, podcasts, uh, and any recommendations for our listeners and entrepreneurs out there? Yeah. You know, I have a few different things on the go always at once. I could do a couple of different podcasts and, uh, um, I'm, I'm reading some really interesting stuff right now. So I just finished a book. I, as you, as you would know, but nobody else would know that I'm a huge Richard Branson fan. And so sometimes when I'm in like a bit of not a lull, but if I'm looking just for some fun reading, I'll go back to like a Branson advice book or something like that. So I just finished reading, um, uh, like a virgin, which is like his like business advice for, you know, the stuff you don't learn in school basically. And, and I'd never read it before. So I thought it was, it was a really good book. It's just like, people had asked him all these questions and he was answering them. So there's entrepreneurs from all over the world that he was basically answering their questions from. So I'm just going to tell you a quick story because this took me so back to why I started, why I'm doing what I'm doing and why I do, why I started it in the first place, because um, I'm reading this, the book and he's um, he had a question from somebody from Nigeria who had started a, I think it was a kid and they started a lawn care business. And, um, anyway, so he's giving advice around like, you know, even just the simple lawn care business, but it took me back to when I was a kid. And this is so funny, um, because I remember I started a lawn care. I started a lawn care business when I was a kid. Hopefully, you know, if anybody listening, I just did the air quotes. And, um, my idea was I really hated cutting lawns. I really hated it. I lived in a place called Headingley, just outside of Winnipeg. We had two acres, virtually all grass. And, um, and anyway, I hated it. Um, and I figured to myself, I don't know how old it was. Let's say I was eight or nine. I figured though, that if I hate it this much, there must be other people that hate it as well. And so there's a problem that I can solve. And I, you know, I hate it, but if somebody's going to give me money to do it, I'll do it. You know, I'll solve that problem for these people. And so I did up these flyers. <laughs> I did up these flyers. I was starting this business. And I said, and, and even at that time, I was thinking like, how do I make this the best customer experience possible? Like, I want them to do nothing. I'm going to show up. I'm just going to take their money. I'm going to do great work. And this is going to be awesome. Uh, I like in my flyer, I had we, like, we will bring our own lawnmowers. We'll bring our own equipment. You don't need to do anything. <laughs> so my dad sees this flyer. I was printing it on our, our old IBM computer or whatever it was. At the time. And I'm, I'm printing it off. My dad takes a look at this flyer. And he's like, so uh, Grant, where is this lawnmower that you're, you're claiming to have coming from? I'm like, oh, dad, easy. We got one in the shed. <laughs> He's like, you don't have a lawnmower. I have a lawnmower. So he had major concerns about it, the amount of miles I guess I was going to put on his <laughs> lawnmower, basically. So the Grant White lawn care business got shut down pretty quickly. <laughs> Did um, you even cut one lawn? Well, I cut my own, but that's oh, it. That doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> so no, we never got off the ground. But, you know, I was just thinking about it the other day because it's a really, it's interesting how things happen when you're a kid that shape the way you do things when you're older as well. Or maybe you find that you did things then that are still the same way today. And in my case, I was just thinking about, man, I always had this passion for like trying to make solve problems, one for people, but two, make it the best experience possible for them. And, and that was the whole point. Like I thought like, Oh man, we're going to be putting people out. If I have to use their lawnmower, like we should bring our own lawn. We should make the And, and so I just draw parallels to what we do today in, in wealth management and how we try to make this the best experience possible. And we take it from like, we study the best in the business at it. Like we study Apple, we study Disney, we study the absolute best in the business uh, world at this stuff to try to make this, this enhanced and, and great experience that people will one be, it'll be memorable, but they'll talk about it. 
And um, when I was reading this book, I was just reminded about that, that it's like, that goes back to when I was a kid even. And so I love hearing those stories from people because I often find like, you know, the stuff there, the people's first memory in, in our world of dealing with money or dealing with like something in their life and how it formed like their opinions on business or whatever is so interesting. And, and so anyway, I just drew that parallel. Um, but, you know, so that's a book I, I just finished reading. And actually now I'm reading uh, a book on sustainable, uh, sustainable design and sustainable building, uh, which is another just passion of mine. Very cool. Love that. Love that story too. I'm glad you shared it. (laughs) So kind of shifting away from work, uh, how do you relax and not think about work at all? Is it through reading or or what's kind of your favorite activities to do outside of work uh, locally here in Manitoba? Yeah, well, I mean, we're really lucky here because we have a lot of great um, outdoorsy types things to do. I love getting out of the city and if I can get to the lake and do some hiking or get on a boat with somebody, um, that's always, that's always fun. I actually find like I love traveling. Um, and I think, you know, everybody within their means sh- should travel as much as they can. I mean, you know, I know it's not for everybody, but for me, it gives me such perspective on the world and such perspective on life. And so I, we try to travel as much as we can. The pandemic's obviously been very difficult for that. And we've put off, uh, some items because of it, but, um, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed, I really enjoy getting to see how other people live. And, um, and so traveling is number one uh, thing for me. But, you know, even just getting out and hiking, you know, getting out in, into nature and quiet your mind for a little bit. I think that's that's always good. And of course, reading. I, you know, I, I don't read as much as I'd like to. Um, I, I try to read a little bit every night, basically. Um, but, you know, I, I reading so great as well. Um, just just, to you know, it's amazing the things you'll come up with, like if you can quiet your mind a little bit and just, you know, the creative thoughts you can have and even just listening to what other people are going through or other entrepreneurs have gone through in their, their lives. Um, I think it's, it's amazing. We, it's, it's a very comforting thing to know that Richard Branson has gone through difficult business times. Let's put it that way, because as as entrepreneurs and business owners, we all go through that at some point or another. And, and we, we only see these like mega like CEO celebrities at their peaks. You know, we only notice them because they're there. But you never know that Nike almost went bankrupt seven times or 10 times or something like that. You never hear those stories. Uh, and so I think it's always comforting to to read those stories as well. It gives you good peace of mind. <laughs> Absolutely, for sure. So if, if you weren't doing what you're doing now, what would you like to be doing as a profession? Oh, man, such a good question. Um, because, you know, I, I look at, I would say this, I'm not necessarily passionate about wealth management. I like it. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily passionate about it though. I'm passionate about helping people to live better lives. And that's, and, and, you know, we often talk about what's your why and Simon Sinek has really made that famous. Right. But you know, what's your why? And then really that's why I do what I do. And so I would find something else that's allowing me the opportunity to do that. And in fact, as an entrepreneur, I'm kind of like, uh, I don't know if I'd call myself a serial entrepreneur. I kind of think of myself that way, but I'm already looking at what are the other business opportunities and, and what are we doing to, uh, what other areas can we help make a difference in, you know, uh, under this Endeavor brand. And, and so um, I think I would do exactly what I'm doing. I just do a lot of other things, but, you know, I often think my, my friend, Atem uh, will laugh at this because he is a, uh, he's an architect and uh, his process is it's very similar to how we do things for people with money. But um, I think I love design. And I, as I mentioned, I'm reading this book on sustainable design right now. Um, I love design. And I think I would probably have gone into like either architecture. Uh, I'm a terrible drawer, though. You know, I think there's no chance. I think I'm creative, but nobody would understand what my designs were. So 
that would have probably been a limiting factor in that career. But um, uh, I would probably gone into architecture or, you know, I really find like civil engineering, like, you know, the people yeah. that think of like better ways to live in cities. I always find that fascinating. I met a few people like that in Australia, in, in that profession in Australia. And like some of the ideas like seem like just so cool, like to think of like how yeah. how you help uh, a person who can't see like cross the road better, you know, stuff like that. It forces you to be creative and come up with super cool things. Yeah. Yeah. So I always felt like I, I would get into something like that. I mean, to the point where I'd love to have uh, like an applied science, a Batman reference. I'd love to have like an applied sciences company someday where all we do is think of like things that can help people to live better lives. But um, but yeah, I would definitely find something. I would always be in, in, involved in something that helps people to live, live better and live more the way they want to. Love that. Do you have a favorite word, quote, or sentence that you like to use with, uh, whether it just be for yourself or with your staff and your team at, at Endeavor? <laughs> um, I'm just thinking, you know, we have a, a wall here that uh, we call it our be more wall. Um, and every day somebody puts a quote on the wall it's not, it's never the same person, you know, it's, and, and sometimes you get to later in the day and somebody will notice that there's nothing on the wall that day so far, and then they'll, they'll put something up. And so I'm a huge fan of just like, just like a few phrases or whatever that can like make a difference in somebody's day. And we purposely put it by the back door, which a lot of the people here will leave out of the back door on their way home. And, um, but the whole point was like, if you can get a smile or something like that as the last memory that somebody has as they're leaving the office here, I think that's, that's a pretty powerful thing. You know, it's a pretty powerful moment, you know? Um, but you know, as it relates to there's, there's two things that come to mind to me. Like I'm always like, hope is one of my favorite words. I'm, I'm an optimist, you know, as you probably tell from this podcast so far, but uh, hope is, is if you have hope, you can pretty much do anything. And, and so hope is if I had one favorite word out there, it's hope. But I, I think if I had a phrase that I had to pick, um, uh, it's that a rising tide raises all boats. And that's something that has been in the back of my mind for, throughout my entire career as a professional. And, and that, you know, if we're, if we're good at something that we should use that to help other people out, because at the end of the day, helping other people helps you, it helps help the entire community. And that's that, that whole rising tide impact that you can have. And, and to the point where you know, I've even named um, an endowment fund um, that that my wife and I contribute into after after that. So it's the Endeavor Rising Tide Fund, and um, and it, it basically says all you need to know about about you know what our hopes are. Uh, so that. so that that would be it. I think that's awesome. So, what's one piece of advice that you would like to share with entrepreneurs across Canada? Um, you know, everybody says like just do it. You know, like, and I agree with that. Like, I think it's like, you've got an idea, you got something you want to do. Like you have to take, you have to take leaps. You have to make jumps. One of the things that I have always been um, a fan of doing, and it's, it's probably in the nature of like, I like to plan things out. I never like to react. I, you respond appropriately to the situation you're in, but never trying to never react because a reaction can, can go either the way you want it to, or a lot of cases can go the way you don't want it to, just because it's like a, a, a simple twitch, you know, or a quick decision. And you have to be able to make quick decisions. But the best way in my mind to make quick decisions in, in business is to have run through scenarios ahead of time. And so what I try to do is before I get into any sort of investment or any sort of business uh, that, we're, that we're either starting up or buying or taking over, um, I like to run through at least five scenarios of what could happen over the next, you know, at least three years, five years, probably. And, and, and no matter what happens in that three to five year period of time, 
we won't be reacting, but we'll be able to respond very quickly to it. So for example, you know, we started in, in 2019 here at Endeavor Wealth Management. Um, I had, I believe it was five scenarios that we had been run ahead of time. And none of them accounted for a pandemic. I'll be honest. Like none of them said, hey, we're going to have a pandemic in 2020. But I did account for things like a financial crisis. And I did account for things that can happen in this industry. Um, and even like the worst case scenarios. And because of what happened in 2020 with the pandemic, um, it actually gave me so much comfort because we, we saw things like markets, stock markets around the world dropping 30% in a month. Um, and the quickest drop ever that we've ever seen. The, having the scenarios well thought out um, offered me the, uh, the opportunity to make a very quick decision and know exactly what we're going to do. It's like, oh, we're in scenario C now. Okay, go with scenario C. And, and because I'd thought through it, and none of it works out perfectly, but at least it gives you kind of a, a framework to work with. And so we ended up like, you know, looking at that situation where a lot of people in our industry, a lot of our competitors might have been a little bit concerned. The revenues had just dropped maybe 20%, 15% or so. Um, we were heavily investing and, and, and knew that that was growth opportunity for us because of, of, of that scenario. And so that's what we've done. Um, and so I think having those types of scenarios thought through ahead of time can really help you. There is analysis paralysis. That's the counterpoint to that, right? And if you're doing too much analysis that prevents you from making a good decision or a quick decision, then you, that's a problem. But thinking through the scenarios ahead of time should be used as a tool to allow you the opportunity to make very, very quick decisions and confident decisions. Love that. I think that's great advice. Before we kind of wrap up our conversation here today, Grant, uh, I've got three quick rapid fire questions for you to kind of wrap up the conversation. So are you ready to roll? Yeah, let's do it. All right. First one. What two items would you take with you if you were shipwrecked on a deserted island where all of your food and water needs were taken care of? <laughs> uh, good question. Uh, my Kindle and a picture of jail. Love it. If someone gave you $50,000 today to start a business, what business would you start? Oh, man. Um, I would start uh, Endeavor Applied Sciences and we would make things like massive smart technology that helps people. <laughs> Love it. Last one. If you could choose one song to play every time you walked into a room for the rest of your life, what song would you choose? Oh, easy. ACDC, shoot the thrill. <laughs> <laughs> good one. Good one. Uh, that's awesome. So, uh, Grant, finally, how can our listeners get a hold of you? And is there anything that you'd like to add before, uh, before you leave us today? Uh, yeah, so easy to get a hold of me because, you know, social media and websites and all that. So go to www.endeavorwealth.ca um, and uh, you can find me on uh, LinkedIn, of course. Uh, uh, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. I'm on all the platforms. Um, but yeah, if you go to our website, you'll find me there. And uh, or you just Google me, Grant White at Endeavor, and uh, you'll find me. Awesome. Well, Grant, thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing more about Endeavor, your story, your entrepreneurial path. I've learned a lot from you and, and I'm sure our listeners have as well. So thanks so much. Thank you. And to all of our listeners, thanks so much for listening to Canada's podcast. Like, comment, and subscribe to all of our channels to get the latest podcasts from entrepreneurs across Canada. We'll see you next time.